So we are right now ready, willing, locked, and loaded with my boy, George Wang, our very first guest here on Crazy Funny Asians. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. George Wang. Here I am, guys, in the flesh. What's up, man? I'm chilling, dude. Thank you for that delicious hamburger. I'm full as fuck, plus I'm high, so it's accentuating the full effect. Bro, so whenever you're a guest on my show, yeah. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to give you whatever intoxicant you enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll give you some beer or I'll give you some weed. I ain't trying to give you any other crazy shit because I ain't trying to be crazy. <laughs> he's just saying he's not white. So. That's okay, right. I got, I got weed. I got beer at the house. Come be a guest. We'll get stoned. And you then know we'll what, talk though? Shit. There's always that guy when you, you want to have that chill vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, there's that one homie at a party who tries to take it to the next level. Well, like the Ziploc bag comes out, and you're like, all right, dude, it's time to go. You know no, what I'm saying? No, like, well, I, I, I try not to go to those parties. I try to have, have, I try to have my, my gatherings at my house so I can yeah. control what people bring in. And if, yeah. and, if, and if people bring crazy shit to the house, I mean, they bring crazy shit to the house. But. I, I feel like it's a little disrespectful if it's like a chill house. Well, especially if you got kids. Kit. Yeah, exactly. if, you, if you got kids, then don't be bringing your heroin to my house, okay? Because yeah. I got kids. Don't be, showing, don't, yeah, kid don't be showing. Yeah, don't be showing me how to how you you know you know fucking inject between your toes because you're like Matt Damon from that curb badge of courage. Remember that movie? <laughs> Magic courage. Remember that movie? I, I don't remember, but it just sounded funny. But yo, because I, I, I remember that was when Matt I, that was when Matt Damon could act. Magic Courage. So you're badge. Real. I love movies, man. So I, I don't know what's Magic Courage. Badge, badge, badge of courage, or oh. courage of badge. Oh, badge oh some, of some, courage. something like that. I, I'm not sure. Maybe I have <laughs> Magic to. Magic Courage. Madge of that Courage. That sounds more like a like a strip, that, stripper. Or or maybe a waitress. Yeah. Madge. Anyway. Uh, Matt, okay. I digress. We shouldn't talk about Matt Damon. We should talk about you. All right. You're the guest. I'm the guest. You're the you. guest. And you're and a great host. Bro, I, I, I really, we've worked together a few times comedy-wise, and I just admire and I see your hustle, and I really wanted you to be the first guest, and just tell people, because this guy's on so many different different hustles. He, you talk about side hustles, this cat's got, he's just, he's, he's an entrepreneur, he's a businessman, but he's also a com- comedian, and I thought he'd be the perfect dude to pop it off, and, and I thought you should just... Basically, just tell your story on how you got into comedy and not even just how you got into comedy, but how you got into the game of what you're doing now and and, and, and how you maintain what you're doing. Okay, so long story short, man, I was uh, I was at a I actually was in the tattoo game for 12 years. Wow. I was a brand ambassador for a supply company. So they flew me around um, to four states a month. So honestly, if you didn't have a tattoo on your eyelid, I wasn't doing business with you. Like, I dealt with like the, like, it's so weird. Like, I would be giving refunds to a guy that like became a lizard, you know? I'm like, why don't you go to Geico for insurance, dude? Wait, that dude that became a lizard? Yeah, he's all like, I was like, my class were like guys on National Geographic. Like, you gotta be pretty wild to be a fucking spread on National Geographic. Jesus. I mean, like, you know, guys that were like the human checkerboard. So you're like in this pretend land of like, am I taking you serious right now, bro? You got Tweety Bird on your on your fucking deck, bro. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I got you. I it's got just you. I was always in that world, and I loved it because I love the artistic expression of tattooing, and I love seeing how these guys made their money mm-hmm. through True. their art. 
Sure. And yes. it was it was you know, it's real old school, like it's not no there's no lawyers, we just take you outside and beat your ass. Old school, you know, like it was very like word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And very rug because a lot of these guys are either just you know art, really good artists or a lot of these guys came out of prison and they don't have any other way. Like one of my guys, shout out to Big Sleeves, literally from fucking jail, almost doing life to probably one of the biggest names in tattooing. Wow! And I seen this guy come up from like getting his car towed from you know parking in a red zone trying to get needles from me when we first began. And I just watched these artists grow from, like, just nothing to successful motherfuckers. They're on TV shows. They're on, you know, I mean, they're tattooing the rock. You know, it's like... That's awesome. And so I'm around that, and it lear- I learned the hustle of, like, doing you. Uh-huh. And so this company basically grew... Wait, wait, wait. Repeat that. The hustle of doing you. Of doing you, because these guys are like, as an artist, you're, you know, let me give you an example. Let's say you're Nikki Hurtado. Sure. Nikki Hurtado has a certain style of art. Mm-hmm. It's like realism, detailed shit. He just did a a, a, a portrait on The Rock, like Rock's newest tattoo, mm-hmm. that's Nikki Hurtado. But when you see guys like that, there's something so distinctly unique about him that you know that's Nikki Hurtado. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted George Wang to be because I've never been a fucking follower of any type of social norm. I was always fucked. Second grade, I was the one sniffing glue in the back. You know, I mean, I got kicked out of private school because I had a bad mouth. You know, I tried to burn down a house because kids told me at three years old to do it because it was cool. Cause, and I'm the idiot Asian dude in an all-white neighborhood that would just do dares to impress people. To fit in No I feel you You that, know you like They always had earlier. the If you were a minority In an all white group Chances are you were The fall guy Yep They needed someone To fuck I got picked on yep. and, Or I got I got like Conned into doing Dumb shit And I just became All, a all of the above So I was just I learned bad From a very young age Cause my parents Were very successful But they just didn't Have time to raise Their children Sure so, you know, my sister raised me, but she was kind of like fucked up. You know, we all that fucked up older sister, abusive, like stuff. I was the older brother, yeah, so yeah, I yeah, feel you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. shits on your head, like farts on your head while you're sleeping. Just, yeah. Just, you know. I would, I would do some stupid I stuff. I always tomorrow. got fucked with, bro. See? From like second grade to about, like I, I grew up in Colorado, no uh, white kids. But the, the, lucky enough, my parents were were kind of celebrities because my dad was like a G. He owned all these restaurants everyone knew about. Sure. And there's no Chinese restaurants except my dad's. He His restaurants were named after him. Those are George Wayne's Dragon Palace 1, 2, 3. And he hit them with a 4, dude. Dude, that's there was a, awesome. There was a fucking le- a trilogy of his restaurants. So the, the, the entrepreneurial <clears throat> spirit and hustle is in your blood. It much. always yeah. came. Because I never, even my dad from a day, he told me, you don't need to why you go to school. You go to junior school. In junior school, first period skateboarding, second period, you know, you know, comedy, third period make love to the women. You know, every, you know what I mean? Like every period, he was like, make your own shit up, but like you need to run with it because he was not an, your typical Asian American. He was parent. an immig- immigrant mentality. You know, he came here fucking no money. His dad, you know, is uh, my my grandfather ran a brothel. 
Wow. Yeah. In China? Yeah. And his, my, my grandma died because, you know, my dad, it's it's kind of crazy. It's like a Chinese movie when I ask him because I don't want to talk about it, you know, because like some shit really went down that wasn't good. Now, you did your one man show. It was dad or dad? Yeah, dad or my dad. It's about I, your I dad. Just, it's like my, my, my best friend and my mentor. Like, you know, people have idols like, oh, you know, you know, Kobe Bryant's my idol. I was like, fuck Kobe Bryant. What has he done for me other than like, yeah, he's won games. Sure, <laughs> he's made me happy. <laughs> but he he's not game. my hero. My dad's yeah. my hero. No, like I, I saw this guy. He's like come from you know the shit he did for the family, the shit he did to to take care of my mom when she was uh, when she got cancer. Wow. Like okay, you, this is when a man becomes a man is when you're called to duty to be a man, and you step up to the plate. Yep. And a lot of people they run away from having kids. They run away when shit. Gets hectic at work because it's easy to quit. Yeah, but sometimes you just gotta suck it up and and you know. And my dad always showed me these things of like a man's man, mm-hmm. someone who who was like, I'd rather have someone cheat me out of all my money than me to even cheat one person. That's, I'm not that type of person. I feel you on that. You I feel you I mean? on that true because like like especially in the comedy game because we we were talking about how competitive it is and 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 how you know. It is there. There's sometimes on a spot on a, in a lineup on a big comedy club, they're only going to book one or two Asian yeah. Asian dudes, right? And so it can get a little cutthroat. And I like the idea of building a community and sharing our stories because I think I like the more I know about you, yeah, the less I'm going to try to be competitive with you. I want to see you thrive, right? Like, I, like I, I empathize with you with the way that you talk about your father and and mm-hmm. and, and, and how. Like my dad is very much one of my heroes as well, because because you look at just 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 the immigrant experience, right? And mm-hmm. how they come from one world that we'll never know. And the and what's sad is this generation will never know. Yeah, because they come. We come from this generation to that generation, right? And but our parents, that baby man, thing? like it was amazing. Like when you think about. Like I, when I think about my dad, and he tells the story of how he came in the '70s and got a car, got a job, and you know, the whole assimilated with this hardcore West Side Chicago gang-ridden neighborhood and the whole thing—it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's like in you. We we just don't know, like how much. Uh, I guess how good you get it because of like. Yeah, I mean, because honestly, think of if they had you back in the Philippines or something, or Bro. they had you back in freaking. It's a, it's a trip, and but then like so, your dad gave you this basically this hustler spirit, this entrepreneurial spirit. One of the big events in your life was your mom passing, and then you got sick, and you said you were go ahead and, and oh, just go long ahead. Long story short, like it's this we it's gonna sound gross, guys, but it's a herpes virus that like attacks your um, nerve that controls all your basic functions in your face. So, like, the ability to close your eyes is compromised. The ability to, like, breathe properly out of one nose is compromised. Can't open one side. You're basically two-faced. You're real-life two-faced. Whoa. How long did that... man villain. How long were you afflicted with that? I was afflicted for four months, and I was scared that it would never go away. Bro, I'd be terrified. And I think I got it from going too hard. I heard you get it from when you go too hard in the paint and you don't rest. 
you, you know, all these crazy things start popping up. And uh, that actually was kind of screwed up because I went on a date with a girl and we made out at the end of the night. And I thought, like, I, I contracted some crazy disease. Damn. Because I got, well, it turned out she just had the flu. Mm-hmm. But so I got the flu. But in the flu, whatever was hiding in me was all it needed to be like, oh, we got him. And so shingles, I had a shingles outbreak, which is like the craziest type of infection you get in your inner ear. How fucking So random. it's just like, yeah, there's shit just attacking you. And then it gets into your brain. And so you see the things I'm doing now? I couldn't do comedy because you can't talk. I can't skate because your coordination is yeah. compromised. You know what it feels like? This all day spinning in the chair. And, and all the thing, the only thing that helped me was weed. I had to st- smoke tons of kush just to keep my anxiety levels and my depression low enough wow. to sit there and actually watch a Netflix episode of something. You're pers- I was ki- dying. I was like, if I see another Netflix, I, like, I don't watch Netflix anymore because of how much right. time I tried spending. No, I feel you. Watching Netflix while being sick. Right. Man. Yeah. So then I, and then I, you know, I had, you know, the job I was with that it got bought out. Okay. We sold the company and the new company just didn't want any of the old people. Okay. So, uh, I was on the, I just had party ways with something I've only known career wise for 12 years. And then, uh, my friend wrecked my, I had like a nice car my friend, long story short, he wrecked it. He, like, I left it at his house, and then, like, I, okay, so I went to jail for, like, a week, because I, I just didn't do, okay, I fucked off and <coughs> didn't go to court for, like, some dumb shit, right? No, I've, I've done and that then, And then they got me skating, bro. They ID'd me at a skate park, and they're like, oh, you gotta come with us. Man. And I went from, like, doing a kickflip to, like, in jail for a week. Oh my gosh. And then dude. my homie had my car because I had to like have him watch my shit. Sure. So I get out after a week of jail <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, bring the car. It was this chief, chief Ferris Bueller me. <coughs> oh no. Yeah. <laughs> he like drove it off a cliff like it was that bad. That when we gave it to the repair shop, they're like, yo, wait, are you doing jackass? <laughs> oh my god! I know gosh. you skate, but you doing jack? You hanging out with Wee Man or some shit? I'm like why? I'm like what? What happened to the whip? And then it turns out my homie was like a cokehead and a rocker. You, I left my car with like a rock guy who does coke. Oh my lord, help me! So now I'm sick. <laughs> Car's done. Job's gone, and like no money. And I got saved by this dude. His name is Ron. Shout out to Idols. They're a nonprofit. Sure. He took me in and kind of saved me for like two months. He paid my rent. Oh, we're going to take care of you, dude. You know, we got your back. You know, George, you're like family to us. And like he freaking for two months, like he just held me down. Wow. Like he put me on a new path. Sure. So then I got into the nonprofit skating thing, right? So right. now I'm repping this nonprofit. And I'm doing shit I love, right? Which is skating. Yeah. So now I'm doing skating. Someone else takes notice. And it was like, yo, you want to work for a real nonprofit? You get to teach kids in high school and middle school skate. You're like, you're literally like skate teacher. I was like, is this is this a real 
is this a made-up position? He's like, no, I'm serious. And so I go to the, the nonprofit. I, I have to take a test. Sure. Like, you'll straight up lean on me, bro. I was like, I got all crazy. I got all crazy. I was at the library, like, for three months straight, fucking sleeping on the desk, drinking coffee all night. Like, I was really trying to get this job. Yeah, dude, it's a great job. So I had to take this crazy, like, bar exam test, bro. I was like, pages and shit. Just... But it's you're so dumb at 37 because I'm that sorry just say my age, but like you it makes you realize how nothing you retained in high school or college. Yeah, I was like, am I that dumb? They had shit on me, like <coughs> the algebraic expression. I'm bro, like, my bro, daughter's I'm not, in third grade, and I'm like, I can't even check. If the there's a, a a line that's at a you know what I mean, like it's a fraction, I'm done. Yeah, dude. What seven three eights minus two and four? Dude, don't even. Bro, I, I, I put D. None of the. We above. are both. Bro, it was test to the stereotype is bullshit. So get about this. Asians can do math because so I, I can't do I math. I take for it shit. in four departments: reading, English, math, and I say for sure English. I got that. That's my that's yeah. my forte, right? I math. Majored. I'm gonna bomb math, and then I said reading. What I don't give a fuck. So then when the test score came out. Turns out the English was the worst, and I killed it in the math. So I was like, I am really Chinese inside. It's really Chinese. It's like it, you know, it made me scared. Yeah, that's why I don't like to take tests. I can't. So I was like, Are tester. you kidding me? They're like, No, you like were really good on math. And I was like, Yeah, dude. Nice. And so then I got in, and then <clears throat> that's where I'm not at. At now, one of my hustles. Because I'm, I'm a skate teacher. I'm a skate. Yeah, no, guy. that was that was one of the things I really admired because. After he does his sets, he's got skateboards and merchandise, skate merch to sell after his set. Because you talk about skateboarding in your set anyway, yeah. so it's really, it's a really cool connection and a really cool way to even just another hustle, man. It's really, it's really cool, man. I really admire it. Um, I wanted to ask you, what inspires you to write jokes? Like, what, 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 what makes you going to jail and shit like that? Like, so you talk about your experience. You're, are you? Yeah, I love it. I, I like. I, I'll go through phases where if I need material, I need. It's like I need more things happening. I, I don't know how to write something that doesn't come from the heart or is like truth. Truth. Well, you tell you you share your your own experiences that you've actually experienced. Yeah, and that's that's your stand. That, what's sad sometimes is people think I'm I'm like maybe I made it up or I'm like exact, but it's like let's say I do exaggerate some things. I make comparisons. Sure, but you have to to make it funny. Well, but yeah, I mean, that's but the part truth of, of the matter, of like if it's is. on a domestic violence subject, yeah, that did happen. Yeah, was the guy kicking the door in and he said something dumb after he kicked the door in? Yeah, he he did. You know what I mean? Sure. But I found a way to make that dark place funny. That's not funny when you're. Fucking four years old, and that is kicking the door in. No, but bro, that's that's kind of our that's been our coping mechanism for everything. Like I know for me, when I was a kid, like part of what helped me get through all the bullying and whatever else that I didn't fit in or whatever else was was the funny, was making people yeah. laugh and making people joke and joke. And, or what do you think about how we as Asian men are seen in in the culture, even in comedy? Like, um, like, 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 as far as masculinity, and even in, in the case of like, I mean, you're a good looking dude. I'm a good looking dude. Yeah, we're, you know, yeah. we're, 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 we're actually, we're exceptionally, we're exceptionally good. We're, we are exceptionally, I mean, it's, it's kind of a life. shame that we're on a podcast that it's just like, it's, can't it's shameful for my friends to be around me because it's like I have to go home with the girl and everyone goes home. Right, they get home. upset. Right. Like, 
but I, I know in in Hollywood and in society, it's not that way. And, and in a lot of ways, we are exact opposites of what like is a stereotypical or how Asian men are, are seen. And I think part of our comedy in a lot of ways is, I know for myself personally speaking, is part of that masculinity is and making fun of it and walking that line of how they are how they perceive me versus how I am is a, is a, is a, is a thing and I'm, i just i just want to okay so here's what's kind of funny like i know on like the grand scale of things that's always been the thing right like anything sure. you watch on on tv and even growing up it's like we see that one asian guy like i remember a vanishing sun was a show on tv mm-hmm. it was the noxima girl and the russell wong was on there. yeah dude i remember russell i wong. remember being on his nuts because i was like the first asian dude like whoa yo like he was like like the first sexy asian dude yeah exactly i remember you know because we didn't have a lot of representation mm-hmm. but for me like i guess i never thought too much into it because in the skate life, it was always about, like, like being good. Like, if you were good, like, we would suck your dick just for being good. You it didn't know? matter. It didn't, it didn't matter. matter. Like, you were... You'd be, you were you could be fucking purple. It didn't matter. You, you did a backsmith on a 12-stair, and at the time, we could barely, like, ollie. Right. You know what I mean? You're a legend for skating. And, like, when I learned that in my way of props-driven type of society, I always went for, like, props. Like, I, I try to put out the best skate park. I always try to be dope. I always try to, like, dress fucking... Fuck being Asian. Just dress fly as fuck. Come in with, like, a, mm-hmm. like some camos. Like, uh, rugged, like, Wu-Tang fucking tank top. Sideways Fila visor. You know what I mean? When I was in at the time. Yeah, I remember. Just, like, spiky. I spike each one. Fuck, it took me two minutes to spike, dude. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. I try to get them. Just you had your, like, whole, your own, your I own thing. I wanted to be George Wang. Like, fuck, fuck, black, white. I'm George Wang, bitch. I'm here. You know? I love Let's it. go. I got I the love spikes. It. The hell of, you know what I mean? It took, took me an hour to do these spikes. <laughs> I you know love what I mean? it. I, I no, but not spikes. even just that. I, I used love... to do the spikes. It took an hour for I love spike. the idea of props because it was even that same way even coming up in comedy for me when you... The more laughs you got, it didn't matter what you were. Yeah. Like, whatever bit you were going to use, you know, if it was an ethnic bit and it got laughs and it killed, they didn't give a, they didn't give a shit. They just, I, wanted, they just wanted to make sure that you were laughing. They kept, kept them laughing. And I also know, like, growing up, too, and you're right about that, is that the guys I was attracted to, I wasn't into, like, the dope dude. Sure. The guy who could make people laugh, I was, like, I had two guys, they treated me like shit, both of them. The, the guys I was like the, I was like if it was Green Hornet and Kato, it was Kato in both scenarios. The first white friend robbed me at twelve, mm. and the other friend who were like we were a trifecta friends ratted him out. So I I, I I paired up with the other dude and we all like ganged up on the whole, like the other dude got exiled. Man, no, but look. I was the Asian fucking token friend, and they were cheap ass dude. I could not believe like. Like, if you went to my house, like, here, I already had a burger and a beer and weed. Yeah. If it was the white friend's house, oh, they would eat in front of you. I was there one time. We all went to In-N-Out, and it was 12 people in the car. They ordered 11 burgers. And my friend leaned into his mom's ear with me next to him. Buy George a burger. He was like, she's like, what? Buy George a burger. Oh, like, they just didn't include me. You know what I mean? It was like... Very selfish. 
Mm. And I like, I think being around that too, like I, I became a little selfish. Sure. Because I was around like selfish guys all the time. No, I mean, like, you kind of like birds of a feather. like fight over a dollar and like, Ugh. and just, you know, it was just, I don't know. I don't even know how I got onto this topic. No, it's all good. But, uh. Well, no, we were talking about just how, how, how. Asian masculinity and like, but 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 at the same time they're just like. But they treated they, me know, like shit. I was the Asian friend. They treated me like shit. They would just call me a gook. You know what a gook is? You're a gook. Yeah, no, but no, but the part of it, gook. part of it was, we, as the one, unique looking face in a sea of white faces in the classroom, we wanted to have friends because we didn't want to be alone. So in a lot of ways, you took the shitty friend because at least you had a friend, right? Yeah. You weren't by yourself because that that was me too. Like I'd hang like in eighth grade, I think it was one of the cats that I invited into my house. He and his older brother ended up coming back to my house and robbing me and robbing my family and breaking in, burglarizing my house and throwing popsicles on the walls and Are shit. Are you kidding No, I'm for real. Oh, so we have the same... We have very similar... Like, when you talk about that that experience where... But was it a white friend? He was, yeah, he was he was a Greek dude. And, and like, well, because uh, all my... all how, my. Wait, how old were you at the time? I was, like, 13. Yeah. And they took my Nintendo that I had worked for. <laughs> oh, I had fuck. I had shoveled. They got the Nintendo. They got they the Nintendo. My, they got my took, Genesis. They, they got my Nintendo. And FX-16, they took Bro, that. Yeah, so it was right around the same time. Yeah, FX-16. Bro, I was so that. mad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But... The Nintendo's bro, like the Nintendo. You can't Well, because I had shoveled snow for that shit, bro, in yeah. Chicago. I shoveled snow. I shoveled $5 a lot, and then I, I made they took the seven, seven How blocks. How about the games? Did they take the games? They took all that shit, man. That's horror. That's, a, that's probably one of the worst things, besides get your ass beat on the street. That's probably one of the worst things that can happen to you. Oh, yeah, that's bad. Like, I'm, I mean, obviously, obviously like, gunshots, murder, that's the worst type of thing. But, like, part, part, being in a crime and, and, and getting robbed and being robbed at your house, that's the worst. By because, a friend. Well, and, who you well, met in your house as a friend. Well, but we didn't, I, my, my parents and my mom walked in on them and they ran out the house when my mom got in. And they fucking strewn about all the house and that's my mom's They junior. were your friends, though. Well, they 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 were acquaintances of mine from a, a Catholic grammar school okay. or a Catholic grammar school, and and yeah, they they ended up figuring out how to break into the house, and they basically just invited invited themselves to my house. You think it was a racist needed. thing too? I, I don't know if it was racist, but we encountered so much racism in Chicago. I mean, like we were, were the you, first. Okay, so you're the Filipino family in like we were the in in like the Italian Polish neighborhood. Oh. And man, yo, it was that was rough. They they would call the fire department on us, and and when we have barbecue, are you serious? And the fire department would show up, and they'd be like, uh, they told us there was a fire, and my mom was like, be like, no, we're just having a barbecue. Yeah, and then the it was, it was, and how it was do you crazy. how do you deal with that? Like having racism thrown at you? Do you just is it part of your life, or are you like oh. yeah, yeah, you deal with it. Like, I mean. That's part of the reason why I, I, I associate and identify very much with like the civil rights movement and the African American culture and hip hop mm-hmm. because those are the the liberation movements that help you know, that yeah. help all of us, not just that it wasn't just the African American people that benefited from those movements. It was all of us were mm-hmm. not even just benefit from it but but a part of it. You know, like um, I mean, there's so many, so many Asian American and 
and Filipino American, all, all different types of people in shades and colors of people were part of the civil rights movement that helped us along. So, I mean, but that said, the last thing I really wanted to talk about with you was accents. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, like, I, I find some Asian American comics mm-hmm. find, and, and Asian American actors, because I, mm-hmm. I came up in acting, find, I find them to think that when you do an Asian American, or when you do an accent, or you do accents, it's offensive. Mm-hmm. And I know you do a lot of accents in your act, not even just accents of Asian people, but you just play a lot of different characters in your mm-hmm. act. So just give me your thoughts on... Well, I think if it's not meant to be, <clears throat> you're not, you know, trying to be, re- you're just reliving someone or you're... Because I like impersonations. I think they're funny. Like, I have a friend where if she tells a story, every person in that story has a voice. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, so like good storytelling to me has always been like when you like Eddie Murphy delirious how mm-hmm. we're talking you just weaving out of characters and it's like you know, all comedy to me a lot the, the best comedy was just painting my imagination with something I can close my eyes and like I, I can I can kinda imagine what's going on and it's so funny. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when I grew up I, I didn't have I didn't watch specials on TV. Mm-hmm. No, we didn't have Netflix. We, I mean, bro, you had A track and I, freaking vinyl. I remember because we only. I mean, I tell this story all the time, and I'll probably tell this story on this podcast a lot. So I might as well tell it for the first episode. Yeah, tell it. But my when when I first saw Delirious, I sat mm-hmm. with my dad and we watched it, and we're so, both laughing. Yeah. But he also was like, we can't watch this again because there's, there's too many swear words. You're going you're gonna to swear a lot. And, of course, he was right. He was fucking right. I swear so fucking much right now. But anyhow, explicit, explicit. But anyhow, um, no. Nah, but what I did was that night, because we had the video. You rent the video. You could have it for one night, right? Yeah. Or two nights or whatever it was. Like, but when we first started renting videos, it was one night, especially in the 80s. So I rent, we rented Delirious. And we played it. And in the middle of the night, I came back down and I played it again on the VCR. And I recorded it on an audio. Oh, that's on smart. A, on an audio cassette. Yeah. On my boombox. And so the recording is really shitty. And I wish I still had that tape, but I probably, I, I, I you know, I move, I'm 44 years old. So it's probably, I can't find yeah, it. Yeah, you can't find that tape. But, but I had that tape from the time I was in third grade or whatever, like 10 years old. So fourth grade until probably I graduated eighth grade. And I would listen to that shit in my Walkman back and forth, walking to and from school every day. And listening to Eddie Murphy tell those stories. And I could probably tell to this day still word for word regurgitate back those stories from Eddie Murphy. But the way that he would hop in and out of the characters, I feel like, Nowadays, I feel like we're too sensitive. Like we're too, we're looking for stuff to be offended by, and there's a lot of shit to be offended by. Don't get me wrong. Like if like a white dude puts on some slanted eyes or paints his face brown, I'm not going to be too keen to watch that. But at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that I think we as an Asian American community get too sensitive to, mm-hmm. and. I don't know, stuff that we could talk about on this 
Crazy Funny Asians podcast. But man, I really appreciate you being my first guest. Yeah, no, it's been. And I really, I think we talked about some cool shit. No, we did. And I think Crazy Funny Asians for this first episode. Was a good one. I liked it. Did you like it? I loved it. I think that, uh, you know, for your viewers, uh, if you don't, um, if you don't know me, uh, I just, uh, straight up before I get out of here is like, um, you know, there's a certain type of Asian that people think is like, uh, like your typical Asian person that is really studious and, you know, parents tell them to graduate and, and it's like, I never knew border. I never knew boundaries I was breaking mm-hmm. until I did a video. I did a dating show on TV six years ago, and it was a dating show, and it was on Channel Eleven. And then like, I won the show, and I won the American Girl on the TV, and I was I did pretty good because I did a fucking rap that went viral, right? Nice. So, yeah. Six years later, someone in China found the footage because that show in China is China's number one dating show. So America took the idea from China. So some fucking archaeologist out there, internet archaeologist, found it and not only found it, subtitled it. And I am kid you not, you ask me how I got here with the skate? I was eating at a Chinese restaurant and some guy... No one knows me at Rouse, but if I go to Guangxu Xiaojing in some fucking cafe in Monterey Park, hey, you taking me out? You take, yeah, they like, oh, do you? Do you? Do you? Oh, do you? Yeah, that's me. They lose their minds. And then one guy basically like told me that it went viral on multiple platforms. So there's ones where it has millions. There's one that has like right now the American one's like two hundred thousand. But that's but I've a lot. seen the one in China. There's one guy showed me it was one point seven million. He like over there. Maybe nobody know you here, but China. Oh yeah, you know they they love you over here. You take my girlfriend out. I don't care what you do. Like they're just like fucking. Wow. Yeah, they're just like all like and and what it says in the fucking. In the description is like most the guy wrote a really nice description. Whoever you are that did that, thank you. He said we were used to seeing Asian guys on television, never getting the American girl, and to see it like happen, and it was like it was really like for me it was just me like I want to win, but to them who sees a Chinese American guy win on a, Amer- they're like holy shit. And I found out because my guy that I work with for the skate company mm-hmm. from China, there is a fucking term for it that when a American, a Chinese American man can settle down with a white woman or like get with a white woman, it's the highest point of prestige of power because they were so fucked by America that that's their way of getting back. So that in China is a symbolism. It's some crazy, like symbolism of great like great power so they saw that as like a freaking like crazy thing and because of this i'm really in this game of meeting like some of the top wealthiest chinese people in the world i mean rich enough where a guy could pay your entire year's salary with his watch with his jacket i just went you know what i mean it's just like 
I, I don't even know how I got here. Like, at, at, why am I at this party of like, you know, it's just, it's just crazy that you just need to be you. It doesn't matter like who you are, as long as you're uniquely you and you just so happen to be of a different minority. There's some people rooting for you for a bigger thing than you even know. You know, when people create good music, when people put good art, they don't know that that art might change the fucking world. A painting might change the world. A thing that Banksy does is freaking so global on a scale that that dude probably doesn't even know what he's doing. True. So if you're out there, dude, it's not about color lines. It's not about accents. It's about fucking doing you, dude. And like, just, just be like unique to yourself always, you know, stay true. You know, if you if you're a desk dude, be the best desk dude. Decorate your shit better than anyone. You know, from <laughs> Lego amusement park. Hell up yeah, there, dude. You know what I'm saying? Do, j- just do you. Like, just because I'm doing like, it doesn't matter what you do. You're a garbage dude. Be the best garbage dude. Hell know? yeah, dude. Be the best garbage dude. You know what I mean? Like, get fucking twenty trash cans in, in, in ten, a minute or something. You know, beat the trash ever being dumped or something. But thing is, that is. Some wisdom that George Wang has dropped on the first episode of Crazy Funny Asians. But not just that. Y'all need to really stay tuned for this cat because he's got a new music video coming out. Yeah, yeah, we got Make It Wang popping off June uh, June 5th. Okay, so we were talking about hip-hop. I'm a hip-hop aficionado, right? Yes. I started my... I was, okay, like people are, you do comedy, dude. Ten years before this, I was not, I was a rapper, but I wasn't a studio rapper. Mm-hmm. I was the guy at the house party that by the end of the night when the cypher went down, like I was the funniest dude in the cypher. And I usually like killed it because like people would laugh about things I would talk about. Sure. I, would, <laughs> I always wanted to funny rap. Like I like to funny rap. I like to like make a metaphor about some dude's shoes or you know what I mean? If a guy's got a funny hat, let's talk about his hat. You know yeah, what I mean? You of course. look like fucking Bernie Mac, let's talk about it. You know? Like you would never have to worry about a heckler because you can handle a little heckler. Probably. It's weird. And, yeah, yeah. And, 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 I used to in battling. I used to like to battle rap. I would enter just for fun. Sure. And I, I entered my first college battle at community college. I won, bro. I won. I was like a really big event. It was like Power 106 sponsored it. It was like a, a 32-man bracket. And it was like, I had to go five rounds, bro. That's awesome. First girl got that. Hey, she's, shout out to Sofanov. She's a, she's a DJ on Power 6 right now. She was the first girl I ever battled. She stayed up with her hip-hop grind. She's on Power 106 doing it big. Wow. It's just crazy. She's the one that inspired me. She's the one who made Make It Wang possible. Okay. Because after the, I mean, let's be real. Like, I, in the 90s, really, pop, battle rap up until 8 Mile was popular. Yeah. But then you gotta grow up, you know. We can't battle rap at thirty nine, you know. Like that's hard. Yeah. I mean, I just don't have that much hatred anymore. Well, I'm not even that. You just like. And I'm not thirty nine. I'm just that's a. But no, but you just after a while you just there's a certain part of the grind that you and just, growth. Yeah, and there, and there's a, there's a growth that happens within you that you just that's not part of it anymore. I it's, like, it's like open mics in, 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 in a way. Like you still want to go to open mic every now and again, but at the same time, you're not grinding the way you did when you were first starting out. It's and different. Going, yeah, it's different. 
And uh, if there's a guy named Dumbfounded, I know if you know him, but shout out to Dumbfounded. Yeah, if hip hop heads are on there, you'll know. Um, I battled this other Asian kid, and he murked me so hard. Like it was, we, there used to be a thing called Asian Hip Hop Summit, and it was the best Asian rappers. Like you, you saw Jin the MC. It was like those was probably like five guys max. There was no Asians. It was like oh, sure, but still the same fucking five guys rotating at every battle. So like some days I get dumbfounded, some days I get Jin, you know what I mean? It's like, That's it's awesome. like Jen, it was like Jen Lee, Bruce Lee. Jin won like the BET thing, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. He judged a battle that I won too. Like, and, uh, you know, I was so used to, I got so used to winning those things that I got, I thought I was like the best, but I'm, I'm not. I actually entered like a crazy battle where you have bro, but real. you won a lot, so you probably are really damn good. I was good to the point where I met someone who's really good and serious about rap. Okay, and then that's when I got schooled because these guys were like about that rap life. They were in the studio, you know, making songs. Sure. So when they had bars, they had they went like they had bars, bars, like, bars for days. You can freestyle all day, but when it comes down to writing, if you got bars, yeah, if you got bars and then you come with the bars at the freestyle, you're, you're, you're <laughs> yeah. in trouble. Yeah, you're in yeah. trouble. Yeah. So, now I would I would have been the cat with the bars if I'd ever. Yeah, you're the I, bars guy. I never had enough. I never had enough balls to try to freestyle. To freestyle or, <laughs> I mean, I guess improv and and and, and Second City and, and and that I guess is kind of an, but it's still you didn't have to rhyme. Yeah, and it wasn't. No, too but improv. Beat. I took it. I can't do it, dude. That I, shit to me is hard. See, and I love that. See, I, I appreciate good improv. Cause, I, but, but see, that's that, that. So, but it's the same way. It's the same way with me. Like I, I appreciate guys who can freestyle. Like I remember at the end of one of our shows, Miss Langis Brown. You, I don't know if you were on this one, but there would you'll probably be on this one. The probably someone freestyling because we had we had uh, uh, my my DJ DJ Wax who he just started playing yeah. beats and then everybody just started freestyling. Oh no way! And we might do that again this time because I know that um, uh, one of the comics, Carl Spitali, Carl Spitali, and then the host. They Gumbo, rap. they both rap, so and they both okay. they both freestyle, so it'll be a fun thing to do, especially because that's really what it is at the end of the day, just comics who can do music and and enjoy it and celebrate yeah. it. So yeah, that that's 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 real cool, and I'm 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 really excited to hear the song, and well, you, we're probably gonna play it. Yeah, here so on. how it just came around was <clears throat> I fell out of it, but you know when I got into comedy, it took comedy serious, mm-hmm. which is funny. Yeah. And then when when I got the opportunity to do Little Wayne, which was just you know those visions in your head, mm-hmm. we all have them, and then it comes out when you're drunk. Sure, yeah, and no, like, yeah, on, or on when you're stoned, or it's always the same yeah. idea. Yeah, I got the opportunity to do the idea. That's and I awesome. So let's run with it. And and shout out to my boy Scott, who was uh, this. I give him give him a lot of shout outs here, but I hey, dude, that's good that you get props. So um, he he's the one that was like, let's do it, and we got we got funded. And I linked up with an actual sick ass producer. As this dude, his name is the Hyphen. He's also an MC. He's uh, got his own. I met YouTube him at channel. the at the Wokation yeah, Festival. And he, yeah, it was almost like a, it felt like MTV's like make me a rapper or something. <laughs> I, well, Will Smith's bucket list. It was. Yeah, that's I was awesome. In the studio and it had been over like fourteen years since I did any type of rap and like I never like you know in, you know when we laid the hook down and. I was doing takes on like doing the doing the verses. Nah, you gotta you gotta let that bar go or that word sounds too. You know what I mean? Like sure. I got to see that side of professionalism. Yeah. And we put the song together, and then we it's been over like two or two months since we've been working on shooting these video scenes, and then we finally got to perform it live. And then now I just saw the the rough edit, 
It's insane. That's awesome. Just the process, dude, of creating a song, and I got I, I got well, to live through it. And the idea that a fully funded rap video, and now we're putting it on freaking I spot Spotify all that to share the royalties. Like it's a legit thing. It's not some hokey pokey shit in your room. You know, you put on SoundCloud. Like we went, we're doing the steps. But that's part of it, right? It's is, you know, I wanted to highlight what you said earlier about. You know, you're giving props to folks. You know, we as as not even just as a community. I mean, I don't even know if those folks were Asian. Just people, you know, people help you along the way, and you as a artist, as a person, have to not even just acknowledge them, but give them props. I have and, to. Those and like it's, plug it's, in your it's very cool that you do that because you realize that it's not just you. It's not. You know, it, it, and that that's part of the, 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 the maturity that you talk about. Like, and, 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 and the, we've, we've now come to a point in our lives where, fuck it, let's just do it. Yeah. Right? And whether it's shooting a music video and writing a rap and really making a serious attempt at a studio song with, I mean, I'm sure it's still funny. Cause I mean I was I heard the hook and I saw you performing. <laughs> it's still funny, but it's like we a, wanted to make it dope funny, where it's like it, you're not gonna yeah. be howling, but the video no, is gonna be funny. but it's a good song too. It's catchy as fuck. It's a good the the music you good use a good you use a good track, man. It, it, it's a good song. Yeah, and, it's a parody off "Make It Rain." By yeah, Wayne and Fat Joe, just so you people know, and it's "Make It Wayne." Yeah, and, and here's a fun fact: Wayne is the. Th- third largest last name in the world that if I learned that if you took all the Wangs and put them together it would be the seventh largest like continent or some shit what the that's how many Wangs there are so right? all the Wangs in China were the ones that watched your, your video yeah I'm, this goes out this is for the Wangs this so goes out to Wangs it ain't for you huh? making it Wang with all the I, I, I want all the Wangs there's going wang. to be a lot of this people is for you happy about this video if you're a Wang this is for you Strike like bowling a frame, doodle with my noodle baby play video game. Yeah. Yo, I handle that booty like it's my call of duty. She taller than me, but still call me a cutie. Once you go yellow, your kitty say hello. Me and the hyphenic get the hottest modelos. Uh-huh. Shop with your hyena, I don't buy her designer. I get a second hand that say made up in China. I'm at the buffet, eating all the crab leg. Your girl try to sit down. But I tell her no way I don't mean to be rude Just me and my dude We make it wang on your boo But gotta finish our boo We make it wang every day We get the girl to come over We stay riding and grinding While we sipping our boba Yeah, we in this business of terror Got a handful of cans Hope you brought your umbrella We make it wang, we make it wang We make it wang on them hoes We make it wang, we make it wang We make it wang on them hoes Yeah 
we make it wang, we make it wang, we make it wang on them hoes. We make it wang, we make it wang, we make it wang on them hoes. I stay cruising down the street on my skateboat. Yeah, I see the look, the man, and they yell out, "Hey yo!" I get myself some chicharrones and a blue raspado. Yeah, but then I see this pretty thing, she looking like a model. What? She caught my eye, so I had to stop and go and meet her. We started talking, started vibing. She seemed like a keeper. Yeah, I flirted in, she flirted back. She said she liked Chicanos. Yep. I asked her out and told her we can go and get some tacos. <laughs> she bit her lip and told me that she likes it hot and spicy. I said I got the salsa that her tender to my wifey. Woo. I took her to my favorite spot and we shared an horchata. Yeah, you can say we hit it off like a piñata. <laughs> she said she wasn't full yet and wanted some Latino. She said to go to my place to get a thick burrito. Okay, we did a six nine, but I. I ain't talking about Takashi. Uh, then she rolled me like a skateboard and called me Poppy. Yeah, we in this business of terror. Got a handful of cans. Hope you brought your umbrella. We make it wang, we make it wang, we make it wang on them hoes. We make it wang, we make it wang, we make it wang on them hoes. Yeah, we in this business of terror. Got a handful of crabs. Hope you brought your umbrella. We make it wang, we make it.